you're not always in control. You know, there's this statement that people say where you choose to be happy. And I feel like that's so misleading because you make choices every day that contribute to a life that's happy, but you can't choose in your body to be happy in a moment. Hi there, I'm Kelly Tennant. Welcome to Ceremony Wellness, where we integrate modern healing and ancient wisdom. Learn from the most impactful voices in health, wellness, and spiritual development as we guide you through the latest healing remedies and alternatives to the traditional path. I'm here to support you as you break limiting patterns, embrace your wild, and let go of the noise. It's time for us to rise together. Have you guys ever heard of somatic? It's not a word I knew very well, and I'm still in the middle of learning so much about what it means, but somatic counseling for the whole person is what today's guest does. Laura McKellen is a woman that I am so honored to say I have worked with. She's a yoga teacher. She has her master's in somatic counseling, and she is so focused on embodiment being present in the body, and how we can get to our heart space. And so she does individual coaching sessions, which is a lot of coaching that helps you get in the body, body psychotherapy, which is a somatic modality, and working through empowerment and embodiment and spirituality and how we can use movement and breath to work through trapped emotions and experiences and move them through the body. And she is a former dancer who never felt truly in her body. And I love the work she is doing. She is taking people from their comfort zone and understanding how to push their tolerance levels and how to get more from their healing and heal from a truly heart-centered core place. The work we did together was life-changing for me, as we'll discuss in this episode. Can't wait for you guys to listen to this and learn more about somatic. To find Laura, you can go to Laura McKellen on Instagram. And if you live in LA, she's teaching at Light on Lotus Yoga Studio, 6.30 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I am going to start going to that. I am so excited to share that space with her. Um, Before we get into this episode, just wanted to share a little bit about the Realness Retreat that Connor and I are hosting in Costa Rica next year. Signups are live. We are taking phone calls to get you enrolled for the week-long journey with plant medicine and healing. You want to talk about healing from the core and getting to the root cause of whatever is causing you illness, disease, feeling stagnant or stuck in your life. This is an incredible retreat for you. And if you want to get on the phone with us, chat about it, have any questions, we can talk through all of that together. Just go to getherealness.com slash realness dash retreat, put in your info. We will get on the phone. Can't wait to chat with you guys and see you down in Costa Rica. All right, let's get to this episode. So how would you explain what somatic is? Somatic is the body. Soma is the Greek word for the body. And so somatic just means body. The way that a therapist would say that they work cognitively, 
the same way that I would say I work somatically. Mm. Cognitively, meaning the brain, the mind, somatically, meaning the body, which when we were just talking about, all things are interrelated. Mm -hmm. All one system. So why has working with the body become something you're so passionate about? So I grew up a dancer and I feel like that's such a generic response. Like I've, I've always been in my body, but I haven't always been in my body. I've gone through the actions of being in my body. I was a dancer, I was a performer, I was a yogi, but man, was I in my head. So when I knew that I wanted to study therapy and go to school to become a therapist, I thought, you know, well, I, I'm really good. I was also really proficient in sign language. So just like body work was just something that came very naturally. Body expression came very naturally to me. So when I was studying and kind of exploring the different routes to go, I thought, wow, you know, I've got this ability to kind of witness the body and feel the body that other people don't. And I'm really in my mind. So maybe I could benefit from this. So um, that led me to doing the somatic work. And um, and I worked with a somatic therapist and I still do for about eight years now. Okay. Yeah. So when we talk about somatic and I'm still like new to learning about this, there's lots of different ways you can do somatic work. And the people that I've been introduced to recently, a lot of theirs is through like sexual work. So yeah. internal touching and orgasmic energy and using sexuality and pleasure to work with the body. But that's not the only way you can do it. So what are different ways you can work somatically? Yeah, so the university that I went to in Boulder, Colorado, Naropa, they have the umbrella of somatic psychotherapy, but then, or somatic counseling is the way they talk about it, the way they label it. And underneath that umbrella, there's body psychotherapy. And a lot of the original body psychotherapists were very interested in sexual energy, very interested in looking at the body as an energetic kind of container, right? And like how to work with that. And then there was another kind of movement that percolated around the time of Freud that has now become dance movement therapy. And it's really the counterpart of psychoanalytic therapy. So the way that you would analyze your mind with even a Jungian therapist, you would analyze your body movement with a dance movement therapist. You would understand maybe your postures or your gestures with a body psychotherapist, right? So let's say you start talking about your sexuality with somebody who's not you know, inclined to working with yourself, with clients in a sexual way or with sexuality, they would say, notice how you're sitting as you're talking about this issue. You know, notice the way that your hands start to move when you talk about this issue. Notice the way that your body starts to kind of slouch when you talk about past, you know, and things change. And just the way that you would bring awareness to the way that you perceive within your thoughts, you bring awareness to the way that you hold yourself and live within your body. Mm-hmm. So you were saying that you didn't feel in your body when you were a dancer. I haven't felt in my body up until like maybe two weeks ago. So I get that because I used my body to play volleyball, yet I don't feel like I was ever actually present in it. Right. And as you're talking about gestures and posture and all of these things that we do that we're totally unaware of, how would you explain, like at what point do we leave our body and are no longer present in it? or understand that relationship between gestures and the psychological state of our body. So we're always in our body. (laughs) It's just bringing in that awareness of felt sense, Mm. right? We are taught, I mean, our culture is so external. Here's how you play volleyball. Here's how you do this move. Let me teach you how to do this, right? 
And yes, that's great to learn the skill, but you're not learning how to feel your body doing that skill. You know, so a somatic therapist would say, as you're learning how to spike, right? It's a volleyball term. Um, what does it feel like to use your thumb? What does it feel like to have straight arms? What does it feel like in your body to do that motion, right? So we'd break it down to actually that push, right? Going down to the basics of movement. Mm-hmm. I've been told um, this quote, and I don't remember who said it. It was definitely a dance movement therapist. It was maybe Mary Whitehouse Stark, but she said, discovering yourself is like putting on your clothes from the inside out. You know, and in this culture, I think a lot about, you know, especially with my age, about all my friends having babies and going to the doctors and the doctor saying, here's how you do it. And here's how it's done. And let me tell you about your body and all this stuff. And there's so much opportunity to empower yourself, to feel it and to be in it, you know, but we don't have a lot of resources to empower ourselves, to be our own healer, to be our own therapist, to be our own best friend, all of those things. And that's in my mind, what somatic work can really unearth. Mm. Because we know how to analyze, we know how to judge. <laughs> we were we were taught that even if it was indirect in school, you know. So how do you feel your heart when you judge somebody else? What does that feel like? Does it close off? Does it open up? Does it feel soft? Does it feel prickly? Um, and that's a, a knowledge that we don't really know as a culture. And there's so much healing there. Mm. So something that I realized during my healing journey through chronic illness was that the body stores trauma and experiences. And then that then manifests as a physical disease or illness. And I imagine that so much of the work you do, because so many people have chronic illness or trauma or things they're dealing with, is probably tied into this concept. And then you work somatically with the body to move this out. How does that work? So just as we have patterns in our thoughts, we have patterns in our nervous system, right? Or triggers. And, and just as you repattern the perspectives of your mind through a cognitive therapy, you would repattern the way that your nervous system perceives the world around you. So the first thing always is safety. Most of us don't feel safe in our bodies. And so, you know, how do you first create awareness of who you are so that you're empowered to know both the light and the dark within your body? And through that empowerment, you can start to see the way that your old patternings are influencing your behavior or maybe even like almost like a robot, you know, not even influencing you, just like moving you through the motions. And you're like, what is this? This isn't me, you know, and that higher self comes in, you see yourself doing these behaviors. And and so breaking it down to the basics of the nervous system, like I was saying before, the felt sense, right? So if I'm working with a client who's talking about an issue with you know, let's say their spouse and and they start to, you know, twiddle their thumbs and squeeze their fingers. You know, you can imagine you are already kind of placing an idea on that. But as a somatic therapist, we stay with the objective. We stay with the basics. So notice your hands. What does that pressure feel like? And it's from the objective truth of this moment that then the client can make meaning out of it. And, and usually that meaning is enough purpose to kind of be like, oh, hey, when I notice myself doing that with my hands, I know that's a sign of my anxiety. Or when my chest starts to get tight, I know that's the first sign to my anxiety. And I know that the meaning of this is linked to my past. Mm. So then 
Next time you're in an argument with your spouse, you feel yourself doing that with your hands. You're empowered because you're like, whoa, this is happening. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to state that this is happening. And usually the body just wants to be seen, just like we want to be seen. So when you say, oh, hey, chest, you're really tight. I feel you. Then all of a sudden the chest goes, oh, I feel you too. Mm -hmm. And things start reacting and you start having that conversation with yourself. And the hardest thing about saying this is that it doesn't happen right away. You know, it's not like taking a magic pill where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've befriended my felt sense and I'm I'm so, you know, empowered in life and so wise because <laughs> life keeps lifing. Oh, it sure freaking does. And so, you know, that hand twiddle is going to turn into something else next time. And there's always going to be something. And and that's kind of the beauty of of healing. God, I love so much of what you said in that explanation. Safety is a big word that's been coming up for me lately. And so many of the women that I talk to, friends of mine, girls that I work with, many of which have either had chronic illness or body image issues or health stuff. It all comes back to not feeling safe in our bodies, not feeling worthy, not feeling seen, not feeling chosen. Why do you think that is? I mean, that's such a big question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's definitely collective. Yeah. It's definitely cultural. And it's so interesting because, you know, here I am as somebody that does this work and I've oftentimes don't feel safe in my own body, you know, and, and here I am helping other people feel safe in their bodies. So it's... Um, Which is why you do the work. Yeah. It's why I do what I do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's this big movement right now of like fierce love, you know, and like women kind of saying like, hey, you know what? Like... I can be really fierce in my integrity and I can be really fierce in my boundaries and I can be really fierce in my kindness and that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I think that a lot of this lack of safety has been from giving away our power, you know, of like, oh, like I was saying before, you know, somebody teaching you how to do things, somebody taught you how to be a female, somebody taught you how to be a human. And a lot of times that's through accommodation of other people's energies through accommodation of other people's issues and ailments. And then there's no time to say, well, how does my heart feel? You know, and and when you're giving away your power, you know, the rug is pulled out from underneath you. And that's yeah. the exact visceral experience of no safety, mm-hmm. no feet on the ground, no grounding, no roots. Mm-hmm. Heart probably going crazy, mind probably racing, body full of heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too is like, this is something I've talked about so much is not listening to the red flags that our body shows us and the signs and the signals. And it's constantly talking to us. Like my body, she is talking to me all times of the day, whether it's twiddling my thumbs or, you know, my heart is racing or I have that like weird feeling in my stomach, all these things that we ignore. And my body shut down time and time again. And I didn't listen and finally shut down to a point where I literally could not function and ended up quitting my job. And I finally listened and got quiet enough to listen. How do we do a better job of listening to our bodies and acknowledging our bodies and saying, hey, girl or guy, what is it that you need? What, what are you missing? And what can I do for you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in this fast-paced culture, it's time There's a reason why meditation is such a hot topic nowadays Mm -hmm. because we've never taken the time to just sit with ourselves. 
I'm thinking about my, my own journey and, and I've never shared this with you, but I had chronic pain for probably about six years of my life um, as a yoga teacher. <laughs> and, and it took that really loud sensation for me to be like, okay, I'm finally listening. But the way that I listened to it was through the Western lens of like, there's something wrong with me. I should probably go to the doctor. I should, you know, I have, I have chronic pain. You know, I'm the first diagnosis that they gave me because of the insurance that I was under was that I was under medicated. Mm, and this was before the opioid crisis. Yeah, this was before the <laughs> opioid crisis. I went to the ER and I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. They're like, we see that. The problem is that you don't have enough Vicodin. And I was Shut like, the hell up. I don't think that's the problem. And so I'm going to leave. Wow. But for me, it was a really awesome therapist, you know, and being in a community of people who want to feel their bodies, that want to live more than just the narratives that are in our mind, you know, it's, I think it's a deeper desire, deeper desire to see the soul, deeper desire to connect to your heart, you know, and um, it's not for the faint of heart. I was just going to say, that's fucking scary. Yeah. Which is why I put off doing this work for so long. Yeah. And this is why people don't do it. Yeah. It's very scary. It's hard. It requires time and commitment and energy. How do we get to a point where we embrace that and know that? I explain it sometimes as like this temporary quote unquote sacrifice for long term health, joy, happiness, whatever it is that you're looking for fulfillment in. Well, whenever fear comes up, it means there's something there, right? Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, the conditioning of our nervous system to think that there's a bear coming after us. Um, but there's this also kind of this fear that happens with humans that in um, sensory motor psychotherapy, they call as um, upper limits issues. Mm. So when you go through, I mean, they, they outline this in trauma, but it's really true for all of our nervous systems is that we have what's called a window of tolerance. And so this is our comfort zone, right? And so you exist all day with your ups and downs within this window of tolerance right? When trauma happens, you go down, right? Or let's say the nervous system depletes for any kind of reason. You're going through depression. You're going through a transition. The nervous system is not going down and dipping out of your window of tolerance. You notice it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one that we talk about all the time. I'm going through, anxiety. I'm going through, you know, whatever, like the, the down drop. But then there's also this upper limits issue where we also experience a kind of discomfort because we're growing, you know, and, and there's something to gain on the other side that you've got to work through the fire to get there, you know, and we've all experienced that. And, and we know it like cognitively, we know it theoretically, but like to actually feel it in our bodies, that's when you get that taste where you're like, okay, this work is really hard, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I, when I started doing this, mm-hmm. and even I noticed it happening last month, like I'd have a day where I was like, I am going to process and I'm going to be present for it and I'm going to be aware and I'm going to let myself feel all the things. And I would do that and then I would be exhausted and like five o'clock would come and I'd be like, is it too early for a glass of wine? Yeah. And I would reach to numb. Yeah. Or can I have an edible? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looked like. And I think that it's, I've never really talked to anyone about this on the show is the numbing that we do. And even people like me who think I'm so woke (laughs) 
And I'm reaching for something because it's just too hard. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to deal with this. Or I've dealt with it enough and now I'm done. And I'm curious if you've experienced that at all and the people that you've worked with and how we can take a step back and know that it's okay to sit in the hard and the the dark and the tough and not have to reach for something to make it all go away really quickly. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about make it go away really quickly looks so different for everybody. Yeah. You know, like for some people, it's that wine or the edible. For some people, it's cleaning the shit out of their house. <laughs> I was doing that this morning. Because <laughs> uh, these are all the things that I did. Yep. So let me just name them down. <laughs> um, Connor sees me cleaning the oven and he's like, oh God, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I've, I've done a lot of cleaning this yeah. week. <laughs> It's it's a way to take over control, right? And numbing is another way to take over control. And and when you're connecting to your heart, you're connecting to your felt sense, you're not always in control. You know, there's this statement that people say where you choose to be happy. And I feel like that's so misleading because you make choices every day that contribute to a life that's happy, but you can't choose in your body to be happy in a moment. I mean, maybe some people can. Maybe some people have that ability to kind of tap into that placebo effect of like, I felt it before, let's cultivate it now. But not very many of us can do that. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. And we're in a time right now in the Kundalini world that they call a cold depression. Okay, what's that? It means that like all of us collectively are a little bit numb Ooh. and that we're a little bit depressed because we're going through a dark transformation. So we're, you, you joked about being woke and then doing all these things, but like that is what woke is in this time is being aware of your darkness and loving your darkness and getting to know your darkness and getting curious about those times when you numb out and getting curious about those times where like maybe the edible served you, you know? And What I say so much with my clients is that collectively as a culture, we know how to try hard. We know how to get that A. We know how to do that breath work. We know how to sit and meditate. We know how to sit and journal. But that's all so fiery, you know, and that's that yang. And we need to balance it out with the yin. And that's where a lot of body work is, is that surrender, that yield. And and that's scary. (laughs) But that lack of control, you know, is um, a big, it's like the body surrender, you know? Well, isn't that, I've never thought about this before, but this really makes sense to me now that you said that. In your mind, we can convince ourselves or believe that we have let go of control or surrendered, but your body will tell you differently. Right? Yeah. I mean... I think it's the mind that keeps on control. I think it's the body that's like, hey, baby girl, I got you. Hmm. You know, and the mind's like, oh, she's got us. So let's think about that. Yeah. Because the way that I think about the body is that the body is our unconscious. Mm-hmm. Our mind is our, it's our consciousness, right? And so a lot of times, you know, if you've got that friend who's like, yeah, I don't need to control anything anymore. <laughs> and she's just fixing her hair and fixing her clothes and rearranging her plates in front of her, you know? And she's very much in her consciousness, not in con- like she's surrendered. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing unconsciously that her body's communicating something different. Mm-hmm. So I maybe view it the other way. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like, 
I guess what I think about, Connor and I were talking about this um, as we're going through this uh, therapy together. It's like things are coming up that we had already thought we dealt with. So in our minds, you know, three years ago, you get over a breakup, you let go of things that hurt, whatever that feeling was. But then all of a sudden, you're experiencing something physically that is telling you otherwise. And you're like, whoa, I didn't know that was stored in my body or that that was there. I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I understand the way you're explaining it too. Yeah. Yeah. See, the way that I'm hearing you explain it is <laughs> interpreting it that way as well. Yeah. Right. Because that consciously you're like, oh, I've unpacked that. Uh-huh. And your body's like, actually, no. And what I was saying before about that constant um, unearthing of imbalance that always is going to happen because that's how we grow. Mm-hmm. The body's always going to be like, oh, cool. So, this is what's next, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So it, I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've felt like I've definitely put something to bed and then gotten into therapy. And my therapist is a, an art therapist and a Hakomi therapist. And I'll get into my unconscious and it's and it's back. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, can you have that try softer instead of trying harder so that it's like, okay, it's here. Mm-hmm. That means that something outside of me is saying, hey, pay attention to this. Whether you you know, label that as the wisdom of your body or something else. And then that's that surrender. <laughs> and the thing that comes back to safety is that when we're learning how to surrender, it has to be in digestible pieces so that we feel safe. Mm-hmm. And that when we get to that point where it's too much, that's when we probably, or people are more likely to, to numb out or do um, strategies that aren't, not serving to where they want to get or to who they are. How do you know the line? Like how, I mean, how far to push it? If, if you're feeling emotionally like you're going over a waterfall, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Digestible, small. And that's the hardest part about any kind of therapy is that it, it's like, that's where people are like, let's yeah. get this going. And yeah. it's like, no, that's, Think about how long you've lived. Think about how long you've created these patterns. You're not just going to go to a couple therapy sessions and all of a sudden be like, I'm repatterned. You know, things are different. I like that you said that. Um, So I got to that point, like things really kind of exploded for me. I don't know, maybe two months ago now. And Connor was like, whoa, like what, what are you doing? Like you're, you're not here. You're never here. You're like fucking in some other dimension you're not present. You're constantly crying. Everything is hard. Like This is so crazy. And what I was doing was everything at once. I was like ayahuasca, uh, working with new healers, um, doing different kinds of therapy, journaling, channeling, talking to my guides. I mean, anything I could get my hands on, I was doing. And he was like, you have got to slow down. Like I understand that you move at the speed of light and that's how you've operated forever. But this is now becoming somewhat dangerous and I'm not, I'm not okay with it. And I talked to my girlfriend who I can't wait for you to meet at my event. And she said to me, she's done USM, um, spiritual psychology. She goes, look, the best advice I ever got from a spiritual teacher was that you cannot chug from the spiritual water bottle. You have to take sips. 
And I was like, the competitive athlete in me was like, oh, now I get it. Because I have just been chugging. Because I'm like, everything at once, go, go, go. The controlling type A person in me wants it all right now. I feel behind. I feel like I have to reach this achievement and like I'm failing if I don't. And I need pats on the back the whole way. Yeah. And when she said that, I was like, oh, I don't have to reach for this achievement and I can take it one small thing at a time. And that doesn't mean anything bad about me. Right. Totally shifted my mindset. Right. And I just watched you as you were talking about that go from fire Mm -hmm. to cooler energy in your body. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, and and that's that drive that we know how to do. And that's burnout drive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a whole lot of healing. There's this, um, movement concept, right? Which is not movement. It's the idea of yield. Mm-hmm. So there's this theory of satisfaction that has to happen in your body or the movements that have to happen in your body for you to feel satisfied. And it's push, reach, grasp, pull, and yield. We know how to push people away. We know how to grab what we want. We know how to pull in what we want. But then can we just sit with it? Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, we and that's the that same <laughs> thing with the, the, the spiritual practice, with the transformation. We need that fire to change and to transform. Mm-hmm. But then you have to kind of let the fire die and mm-hmm. sit with the ashes for a second. And let that coolness, let that air come in. I had this vision of when we worked together a couple months ago and I was like, I love this woman. <laughs> She's so talented. You are. So thank you. Um, too. Thank you. But we were sitting on my couch and I had no idea what you did. I don't know anything about this at the time. And I was just like, all right, I trust her. She came through Dr. Lecos. Of course, she's <laughs> one of my people. Um, I only do what he tells me. And um, so we're sitting there and you, and I'm going to have you explain this in a second, but you led me through this practice that you do with your clients. And all of a sudden, I am like having visions and I'm crying and a past relationship is coming up and some things that had happened in that last year and and just all of this painful stuff that I thought I had already moved through. And as soon as I let my guard down and you were able to get me to, however you will explain this in a second, it like opened up this suppressed emotion and experience for me. And it was very painful, but so powerful to be able to see that almost almost like a movie right in front of me with my eyes closed where I was like watching it play out and then being able to physically release that almost like a purge of tears and my body just immediately like letting go and sort of softening and melting. How how does that happen as people work with you and and what does that look like? So... My sessions all look very different depending on who I'm working with, depending on who the individual is and what they want and kind of just, I mean, who they are, right? Everybody needs something a little different. But I always, always, always start with awareness, you know, because like what you said, we don't feel our bodies. We don't, we're not aware of our bodies. We we think we're aware of our bodies, but there's always more to become aware of, always, always. And so I led you through a body scan just to help you get more into your unconscious, to help you get into a calmer brainwave, to get into more of a meditative state. And when we're in that state, the processing that can happen is very different than the state of, hey, Kelly, how's your day? 
okay, cool. Let's talk about this, you know, and that's kind of more cognitive. Mm-hmm. And so I always bring my clients down into their body first. And that looks different, whether that's meditative or movement or walking. Um, it can look very different. And then I just let your body lead me. <laughs> so once I get you into a calm state, then I ask you to say, you know, where is your awareness? What do, what's calling to you? Because the body is percolating some sort of wisdom and I'm just helping you tap into that. Mm. So then we let the body tell us where to go. And this sounds so vague, you know, but it's, um, it's, it's hard to talk about these unseen experiences. You know, it's, it's different than talking about thoughts. Mm-hmm. But then I just let your body lead. So the feedback that you would give me and wherever your awareness was going, we would let your awareness take you there. So then it was really your body that led the session. I just kind of was the holder, mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of the space holder. And it's knowing which questions to ask, of course, and how does this feel and knowing, I imagine that you would describe yourself as intuitive and connected to people energetically. So having that awareness of what other some, someone else is feeling as well, does that come up for you? Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of experience with body observation and from teaching yoga for the last now over a decade of my life. I've been witnessing people move every day, you know, and, and, and I never know what's going on in their life. I can only assume what's going on in their mind, but I can witness their nervous system. I can witness how activated they are. I can witness how they move their body. I can witness their gait. I can witness so many things that don't have to be spoken. And so when I'm in a session like that, I'm using all those tools that I've gained as a yoga teacher to be able to say, hey, I'm noticing this. Are you feeling this? I think too, when I think, I mean, I used to go to like regular talk therapy for so long and it totally helped me. I'm so glad I did it. But it's so much in your head and it's like, you walk in and you're talking to a therapist, tell me what's going on. And it's like, he did this to me and then she did that and then blah, blah, blah. And that made me angry and I'm stressed and this is hard. And you're just like, like saying all this crap, right? And it just feels very surface level for so much of it. What I like about the body awareness and getting really deep into what's happening somatically is that you're getting to core wounds and core issues. So you may be angry today. You may be experiencing anger, but what that anger is actually being triggered by is something so much deeper. And I think for so much of us, we're never taught this. It's like, oh, I'm angry because of this. You know, my mom wouldn't let me go do this thing. And it's like, well, actually, you're upset because you don't feel free or you don't feel heard or acknowledged. And where did that come from? And what I love about what you do is that you get to that point and you're able to feel this underlying emotion that is actually causing the anger and the fear and the frustration and the lashing out that's happening currently. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I think of it like talk therapy is great, but this just, it takes it to a different place that most people don't even know is possible because we're just not taught. Yeah. Well, it's so empowering to be embodied, you know? And, and I, I want to say too, just because of all of the mental health stuff that's going on. And, you know, like I said about that yogic perspective that we're in a collective cold depression that if talk therapy provides relief, like you've experienced, like, great, 
Yes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. If that's where your safety is, awesome. Great. But there's a lot of people, you know, this why yoga is blowing up. It's why meditation is blowing up. There's so many people that are like, okay, I can have this conversation with my other friend. I want to go deeper into my heart. I want to get to know my whole body, you know? I was going to say that I think now that I think about this, because I haven't thought about it, but ever since I saw you, I've had it almost working with you almost gave me permission to be in my body and to explore what movement allowed me to become aware of and let go of. So I talked about this a little bit on the show before, but I'm learning that journaling is amazing for me and I truly believe in it in every way. But my body now wants to process through movement. And so dancing and like being on all fours and moving or in yoga. And I've always like had this fear of dancing because I think I look stupid. And so I would use, I would get really drunk and then I would dance. And it was a whole thing. I mean, I'm sure most of us do that in college anyway. But what I have learned is that the other day I went into my room, I sat down, I felt like I needed to cry. I told Connor, I'm like, I just need some time. I'm going to journal and I'm going to cry. And I sat on the bed and I cried like a lot, but then I never wanted to journal. My body was like, get on all fours. And then it was like, get on your knees and dance. And then it was stand, dance. I worked all the anxiety and the fear and like this pressure on my chest out of my body and not once did I journal. All I did was listen to what my body wanted. I have never accessed that before. I've done it a little bit during my ayahuasca ceremonies. I'm the one dancing for four hours and like (laughs) crying and feeling so empowered and like this, you know, goddess rising from Mm -hmm. the ashes. But now I do that sober at home on my bed while crying and it just, it lifts everything out of me. Or I go to a yoga class and I cry the whole class and I leave feeling like a different person. And I love that you sort of started that for me is is not having to be in an altered state to access this idea of movement and what that can look like for processing. And it can be different for everyone. Okay, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> because I I went through that same, I used to journal like mad, like high school and a lot of college and and something just shifted in me. And I probably, you know, could benefit from getting back to a little bit of writing because it does clarify your mind oh, so much, right? Yeah. And it just, it sequences out. And I know we've talked about this before about the hand to paper mm-hmm. journaling and there's just something just very cathartic about that. But like you said, the body holds everything that's ever happened to you in your life, in your body. So you can analyze that and you can write it out or you can feel it and sequence it out. Mm-hmm. And it's the same system because it's your body mm-hmm. and they're both interrelated. When I was doing that, we have like full length mirrors in our room and I was, I was watching myself. And at first I was like, whatever, I'm doing it. Like whip my hair back and forth. Damn, I'm awesome. <laughs> and then I looked up in the mirror at one point and I was like, are you actually doing this right now? And I thought, who fucking cares? No one can see me. No one. If I don't ever share this, even with Connor, no one will ever know. Oh. And it's like, I, I imagine that people you work with, it's a little odd at first when you ask someone to move in ways they've probably never let themselves out of fear and not feeling safe or judged. So where do we get the courage or the willingness to go into those unknown places of movement and understand that it's okay? And it doesn't have to look a certain way 
or you don't have to achieve anything. You can just be in it and whatever comes up, comes up. Yeah, support. Yeah. There's a statement from my program that's been ingrained in my head and it's support precedes movement. Hmm. You can't do any changes in your life if you don't feel supported. You know, if, if you don't feel safe to be on your hands and knees, then you're never going to be able to do that. So if that support is asking a friend or if that support is going to a somatic therapist or even going to a cognitive therapist who, you know, has a little, who maybe has done yoga, who has a little bit of body awareness and can meet you where you are, you know, but you have, you have to have support. We all have to have support. And, and that's, that's, you know, that part of that stigma of like, no, I've got this. I know how to try hard. I know how to make myself feel better. I can move on my own. I've got my own room. I pay my rent or I pay my mortgage mm-hmm. or whatever it is. I got this. <laughs> and that's that fire that doesn't let us get into that calm state that allows the body to heal. Mm-hmm. Don't you think too, it's like, I've never said to a, a boyfriend before, hey, I'm going to go take some time. I need to cry and I'm feeling this way. Like, I'm going to go and not, I mean, Connor's response was like, okay, whatever you need. And he went and had a client call and I went and did my thing. Yeah. I've never advocated for myself like that. I've never felt comfortable because I've been so dependent, codependent so much of my life to say, hey, I need space for me to be in my own energy and to let this go. It has literally nothing to do with you. This is all my stuff I'm just trying to let go of. Like how much of it too is like, we just need to advocate for ourselves, speak up for ourselves, take space when we need it and not shame or guilt ourselves for that need or desire. My God, all of it. Yeah. All of it. When I was in chronic pain, I was still going to yoga and I would tell the teacher whose class it was like, hey, this is what's going on with me. I might be sleeping. I might be crying. I might walk out. I don't know. And just saying that gave myself space to do what I needed in that room. And the same with my past relationship and my current relationship. You know, hey, like you said, I'm having a shitty day and I need to go be by myself and cry. And I mean, how many people can even like give themselves permission to just cry and be messy because of the fear that it'll never stop? You know? So you're right. I think advocating is huge. And a lot of times we have a hard time doing that. So again, that might mean asking your best friend to say, hey, remember how I said I wanted this? We help keep me accountable on that. Mm-hmm. And I even this morning, like 20 minutes before you got here, I was, I've had like a kind of anxiety filled night and morning and just looked at Connor. I was like, can you please just hug me? And he's like, do you need me to tell you everything's okay? And I was like, I do. And he hugged me and he's like screaming in my ear, licking my ear, like everything is fine. And I mean, he's, he's funny and it's amazing for me because I'm like, yes, I asked for you to show up the way I need you to show up for me. You responded and you added your little flair to it that you know is going to help me like get out of my head and just like be present. And I've never done that before. I would just take it out on my partner. I'd be angry at them. Like, why don't you understand what I need? And why can't you give me this? Or you made me feel this way. And it's like, my anxiety right now has nothing to do with you. I am now aware of that. 
And what I need from you is just to hold me, tell me I'm okay, and let me move through this and support me in that way. And I'm so grateful to be able to have those kinds of conversations. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. And to have somebody that responds with your request. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many times that we can make a request like, hey, I really need you right now. And people can't be there Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. you know? So so magical. Well, and I think it's, we've talked about this together quite a bit is feeling safe in the relationship to show ourselves. And I've, I've wanted someone to see me, like see me, but I never let anyone see me. I didn't even want to see myself. So the more that I have shown myself to me and unlocked these parts of myself, then I show them to others. And then I like, I slowly build up this feeling and sense of safety. And then the more I am seen, the more I feel acknowledged. And then being with people who are not judgmental of the truth of who I am that is being revealed, it allows me to go further and further. The only way I think to get there is to just start. Just start having the conversation. Just start asking for what you need. Start getting real with yourself and honest so that other people, you know, we create boundaries to protect ourselves, but we also create foundations for how we want relationships to be, how we want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And if we don't set that standard or show up in that way, how will people ever know that that's what's possible or that's what you need? Totally. And I think going back to like a lot of us women and a lot of us humans not being able to feel our bodies in the way that we think we can, if we can't feel our bodies, we don't know what we need. You can't feel your stomach being hungry and you're misinterpreting it as anxiety. You don't know what you need. And so it really does start with the self, you know, and it starts with saying like, oh shit, I'm really irritable this morning. And instead of like getting into that like analytics of like, why am I irritable and what happened? Like, what do you need? What's the action, you know? And and do you need somebody else to support you? Do you need to communicate that to somebody else? You know, that's getting out of that drama cycle. I've never been dramatic. <laughs> Me neither. I don't know what that is. I'm, I'm just cool as a cucumber at yeah. all times. I've never been controlling <laughs> either. That's not a thing that I know anything about. No, no. I relinquish control at all times. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I think that chronic illness and chronic pain is such a scary thing. And it's still so unknown. And I think so much of it is answered in the work, the kind of work that you do. And the more and more I learn, the more I am truly convinced and believe this, which is so cool. Even Dr. Lekos, the most amazing functional doctor, he is so good at using the right supplements. Or if you really need an antibiotic because something is really screwed up, he will prescribe it. He understands the body from head to toe, the whole body, the mind-body connection. The first things he asks people when you go to him as a patient are about stress, your environment, how you feel in your body, things like that. And I'm curious if you're seeing in your work the openness or the understanding now that it is beyond food that can heal, that it is beyond taking a supplement. And we can now take a step back and look at 
how our emotions are actually the deepest triggers for what is manifested. Yeah. I mean, these are light bulbs that I've been having in my own personal life and my professional life over the years of, holy crap, emotions and hormones. (laughs) Whoa, we don't pay attention to those things at all. And they have such an impact on our life. But I think you're right. The, you know, the next layer of a lot of health movement is the emotional spiritual realm. And a lot of, you know, my back pain was uh, low back pain and like SI joint stuff. And it was like the second that I started weeding out things in my life that I, that did not serve me, that I was making space for that person. I was literally carving out my body to open up things to hold other people's shit. My back was like, okay, it's kind of (laughs) heavy. So I'm going to talk, you know? And that's not the way I experienced it. The way I experienced it was I'm a victim, I'm broken, I have back pain, I have to go to the doctor, you know? But once I was empowered to actually notice my emotional responses and my emotional reactions to the things I was doing, the people I was surrounding myself with, the patterns of my life, like my back changed. Mm-hmm. The last relationship that I was in was and was pretty bad. I mean, not the whole time, but the end was very tumultuous. And the next morning I woke up after leaving him and my back had zero pain. The day before I was probably at a 10, like almost going to the ER. And the next day I was at a zero. Just from removing one toxic relationship out of my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not being under medicated. (laughs) That's not being true to me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's not me listening to my body's wisdom. And the second that my back started hurting, I was treating it through the Western model. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm so grateful now to have expanded my understanding of the body so that when sensations happen like that, whether it's a dark thought or a pain in the body, I can get curious about it and kind of investigate it as opposed to WebMDing myself. <laughs> you know, like where is the stress right now in my life? Like where, what is causing, you know, what is gnawing at me? Like, where are these things? I went to a healer and I had the same thing, low back pain. And he kept asking me, who are you not forgiving? Who are you angry at? Mm-hmm. And I, my ex-fiance kept coming up and we, it was a really tough relationship. And I sat there with him and I worked through forgiving him and letting go of my anger. And my back has not gone out since then. And that was a year and a half ago. And I was like, wow, that's when I realized the power of your body holding on to something that was six years ago. And my back kept going out over and over and over. And I was like, what am I doing? I'm doing all the therapy. I'm biomechanics, movement, you know, rest, ice, blah, blah, blah. No, it's this emotion or emotions that you're holding on to. And until you release it, Mm-hmm. Your body, like you said, will keep talking to you. Until you make a lifestyle yes. change. It's it's not an internal shift even, you know? At least it wasn't in my experience. Mm-hmm. So do you experience chronic pain still? No. Isn't it so rad? It's so crazy. 
It's so crazy. I mean, in in the times where my back starts to hurt, that's when I'm like, okay, who am I around right now? Yeah. <laughs> what are my plans? <laughs> what have I been doing with my time? Let's assess. And and I've been able to kind of notice those times where I'm I'm doing that like here just take all of me. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of boundary, you know? Um and then that's usually when my back's like, "Hey baby, let's take some of that power back. I need you." Mm-hmm. How does breath work into all of this? It works into all of this. (laughs) I like to think of it as support. So as you're feeling and investigating, you know, when we get stressed and anxious, we don't breathe and we get tight and we don't move. You know, I'm doing it in my body right now. It's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Nothing's fine. Everything's fine. You know? And if you, like when I notice my clients getting into that space of tightness and internal and kind of like collapse, I ask them to bring in just 0.5% more breath. Like I don't say like breathe deeper and relax your body because you could feel that that's, you know, that's too much. That's not safe. And so just those increments, those baby breaths, you know, can help you. God, I'm like full of quotes, but help. There's this, there's this Buddhist saying that's um, giving your cow a larger pasture to roam. Hmm. And when you bring in that breath and you're exploring your body, you give your awareness a little more space and a little more support. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, through my my yogic work, it's like breath work has just changed me energetically in so many different ways. I can I can self-regulate pretty easy and pretty quickly with breath, which is so powerful. Well, in breath too, I mean, I hold my breath, so I'm not acting like an expert on this, but... And I'm not either. Yeah, <laughs> but... um. It's a form of letting go too. Like if you inhale and then hold your breath and then you never let it go, it's the same as holding on to the emotions. And it's the same thing of like, we're holding on to all these things for dear life, trying to control everything, not wanting to let go, not wanting to release because then what does that mean? And it's like, what if you just breathed in and then breathed out? And how much better would your body function? And how much more would you have the capacity to let go of bigger things? Yeah. Well, the breath is so cool within um, yoga science because the inhale is that fire that I was talking about. That's that yang. Mm. You know, so when you talk about holding your breath in, that's that's your body saying, I know how to do this. I'm going to hold on my skills. I'm going to do it right. Like I was taught this, you know? And the exhale is is that yin. The heart rate naturally increases with your inhale and naturally decreases with your exhale. It's happening every time you're breathing, whether that breath is conscious or unconscious. And, and so you're right. You know, it's, it's, it's the breath and it's so much more. You know, you can, you can use symbolism and release so much out of your cells by just invoking an image in your mind and exhaling it out of your body. You know, people, you do that in yoga all the time. Um, and the same can be done in your own healing, you know, like, holy shit, I'm really frustrated this morning. Okay, let's breathe in all the frustration and let's feel it fully in our bodies, in my body, and then assess anything that's not love and just exhale that shit out. Mm-hmm. And it's it takes practice, you know, and it gets more effective with practice. Thank you so much. You are truly such a light. You are amazing. I'm so grateful that I've had a chance to work with you. Anyone listening, if you have an opportunity, like reach out to Laura, ask for guidance, 
And I think even more so, finding it within yourself to be willing to go and take that next step, whatever that looks like. Um, But I just want to thank you so much for all the work that you're doing. It's so important, especially the more I learn, I'm like, thank God she's doing this. (laughs) But I appreciate you so much. Well, it is just so humbling to be around such a strong woman who's making such an impact in this community in such an open heart way. And um, it's... We're in a stage now as human consciousness, that's a we. So we're all in this together. You know, it's it's that age of information. We've got it all. Let's just help us all learn it. 